I'm John Green with Green's Farm in Weatherford, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. It's always great to be with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA released its monthly cattle on feed report this past Friday, and it showed record numbers of cattle in feedlots for the month of May. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Many Texas High Plains cotton farmers are feeling deadline pressure right now. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Whether you live in urban or suburban Texas or the wide expanses of rural Texas, this has been a fire season to remember. With the Memorial Day holiday weekend just a few days away, there are some fire precautions that people need to be aware of. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in Marshall, and we're looking at some strange weather right now. Oh, it's hot here. I know it is everywhere. But for this early in the season, we're just a little concerned of what this means for the summer. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA's monthly cattle on feed report released Friday showed larger than expected inventories and larger placements into feedlots than expected. In fact, we're looking at a record number of cattle in feedlots for the month of May, according to USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagum. The number of cattle on feed on May 1st was just under 12 million head, which was the highest May 1st number since the series began in 1996. During April, about 1.8 million head were placed on feed, and that was about 1% below 2021, and feedlots marketed uh, just under 1.9 million head, which was about 2% below a year ago. Now, that 2% below a year ago does reflect the fact that there was one less slaughter day uh, during April, and if you factor in that the the marketings on a per-day basis, marketings during April were actually about 2% above a year ago. Shagum says these numbers suggest a continued decline in the nation's cattle herd with the prospects of stronger prices ahead. And cattle aren't the only thing affected by the drought. Benny Cox with producers in Cargyle in San Angelo says he's seeing huge numbers of sheep and goats come through the sale. 
Yes, that are very thin, and that's not a pretty. That's not a pretty color. I have seen more of these thin nannies this year than I did in 2011. You know, they claim 2011 was about a 200 year drought. The goats seem to have fared a lot better. I, I, I would guess. Uh, you know, when you get 30, 40 miles south of Angelo, you got a lot of post oak and that, so there's a lot of browse. And so, in saying that, these goats tended to stay in better flesh. Gosh, I've seen a lot of thin nannies, and their value is just—they're not worth a heck of a lot. And Cox. Says it's affecting kid goats as well. And these really light kid goats, people like to buy them, but this, when you get up over 100 degrees, uh, they say they lose a lot of them, regardless of how well you can take care of them. That heat factor just, you can't overcome that. And uh, we're seeing a lot of those kind, and so they're. You know, they're they're hitting those, they're docking those pretty hard. Benny Cox, manager of the nation's largest sheep and goat market, producers and Cargyle in San Angelo. Two United States senators are calling for an antitrust investigation of the meatpacking industry. Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Mike Rounds of South Dakota are calling for an antitrust investigation of the four major meatpackers under the Federal Trade Commission Act of 1914. The senator's resolution directs the FTC to report to Congress on the extent of anti-competitive practices and violations of antitrust law in the beef packing industry. Many Texas High Plains cotton farmers are feeling the deadline pressure right now. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. As we talked about yesterday, with the dry conditions that have prevailed for most of the past eight months or so, farmers have not been given ideal conditions to work with. But Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says for a lot of those who grow cotton in our area, it's go time no matter what. Initially, we had producers put on the brakes a little bit, especially for dry land acres and waiting for more favorable conditions. But with cotton, we are quickly running out of time. And so with regards to last planting date, if producers are filing for federal crop insurance for most of the panhandle, we are May 31st. Now, you drop into the southeastern panhandle, at lower elevations, they have a longer planting window. But we get up into the um, onto the Cap Rock and the High Plains area. It's time just to get that cotton in the ground and hope that we do have some rain and some favorable conditions moving forward. And hopefully, if your farm has been getting rain lately, it's been the kind that gradually seeps down into the soil. Because Dr. Bell is concerned that the type of rain event that has been more common this season, ones where there's been little infiltration of moisture, could contribute to a serious problem. In our finer textured soils, we tend to have crusting issues. So if we get just enough rainfall and then hot, dry conditions, we'll get soil crusting and that can impact cotton emergence. A potential concern there for our cotton farmers. Now here's a note for those of you who grow wheat. AgriLife is hosting a small grains plot tour at Bushland on Thursday. The free event will be conducted entirely in the irrigated wheat field plots at the Conservation and Production Laboratory operated by AgriLife and USDA. Contact AgriLife for more details about Thursday's event. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This has been a tough year for wildfires all across Texas. Tom Nicoletti tells us it's vital that fire safety is top of mind during the upcoming holiday weekend. Joining us now from Lufkin is Karen Stafford. She is with the Texas A&M Forest Service, a state prevention program coordinator. And Karen, with the the first holiday weekend uh, leading into the summer uh, coming up in just a few days, 
what are some precautions that people need to take uh, when it comes to uh, preventing any type of fires uh, outdoors? So this weekend is the big Memorial Day holiday weekend coming up. And so this is usually looked at as being the big kickoff to the, all the summer months. You know, we're always eagerly awaiting the warmer months to come so we can start our vacations, our family time, camping, boating. And while these summer months are fun and exciting to spend with our families and our friends, we need to make sure that we're keeping fire safety as our number one priority. So some of the big things that will be happening this weekend are outdoor cooking and grilling, camping, pulling campers, boats. So with grilling, we want to make sure that people are monitoring their weather conditions. Avoid grilling with wood or charcoal on hot, dry, windy days. If you're grilling or camping with a campfire, make sure you check for any local burn bans that are in place, any other fire restrictions that are in your campgrounds. Make sure your campfire stays small. Never leave it unattended and make sure it's out cold before you leave your campsite. If you are going to be using fireworks, make sure you have um, a water source nearby, you know, a bucket of water or some wet towels that you can put out any kind of spot fires, grass fires. If you are pulling campers or boats, check your tow chains. Make sure your tow chains are properly connected and not dragging on the roadway. Dragging chains or any other metal material on the roadways can start sparks that could land into the grass on the sides of the roads and start a wildfire as well. Avoid parking on dry grass. Uh, Catalytic converters under our vehicles can become hot enough to ignite a grass fire into your vehicle. That is Karen Stafford. She is with the Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The heat has come early this year all across Texas, and James Duncan tells us East Texas is no exception. While traveling the back roads and the byways and the highways and the pig trails of East Texas, we always talk about the weather. doesn't matter what time of the year it is, and the old-timers right now are pondering what in the world is going to be this summer because this temperature right now is way hotter than normal. However, the sunshine has brought on good grass growth and the hay cuts for the first go-round have been really good, actually better than what the producers had expected. Now, with a little moisture and application of some fertilizer, we're really looking at that second cutting of being outstandingly good, along with chemical weed control to get a higher quality grass. We're looking forward to a very pleasant hay crop this year here in the area. Cattle producers are pleased that the cash prices on the calves are holding steady. Uh, naturally, a little uptake is always welcome, and uh, that we'll see what happens in the summer as demand grows for our calves. The mystery of the feral hog movement has some scratch in their head also because we had thought earlier in the in the year, in the wintertime, that we would see more hogs moving because the numbers were expected to be up. But, hey, don't worry about it. They'll be here and they'll be moving. We have still available in some of our counties traps that can be utilized from a, an association formed within the county. Works real well. Also, modern technology. Gosh, don't we love it. Game cameras connected to cell phones and makes tracking those old hogs a little bit simpler. Check with your local county agents on the hog trap availability. Watermelons really are improving. Produce growers are looking and expecting a good sale market. All in all, we're in pretty good situation here in East Texas. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. 
A research program at Texas Tech University seeks to sustain the state's quail population. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And one concern with raising new foals is developmental orthopedic disease. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. One concern with raising new foals is developmental orthopedic disease. Dr. Bob Judd says this could happen with fast-growing foals. Dr. Jim Ward indicates in the Remuda magazine that everyone wants a foal that grows rapidly, but young, fast-growing horses can develop multiple orthopedic diseases if they grow too fast. Epiphysitis, or physitis, is one disease, and this causes an enlarged ridge just above a joint. Flexural deformities may be present at birth, including clubfoot, contracted tendons, buck knees, or knuckling over. Another developmental disorder related to nutrition is angular limb deformities, including knock knees or cowhocked conformation. Osteochondrosis can lead to bone or cartilage abnormalities around or in a joint. Some foals can be born with underdeveloped bones in the knees or hocks, and some horses can develop wobbler's disease, which is due to a malformation of the vertebrae in the horse's neck, leading to neurological deficits. All of these disorders have a genetic, nutritional, and management relationship, so you can see how important it is to get the nutrition correct. It has been shown that excessive amounts of energy in the diet can lead to rapid growth rates, which leads to several of these abnormalities. Both a deficiency of protein and excessive protein may be related to some of these diseases as well. Mineral deficiencies of calcium and phosphorus, as well as other trace minerals, can also contribute to the development of these bone and joint diseases. Although it is surprising, confinement of a foal for only two weeks can lead to a loss of bone density. So regular controlled exercise is important for health of the bones. Ask your veterinarian about foal and mare nutrition. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A research program at Texas Tech University is trying to save the state's quail population. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. A research program at Texas Tech University continues its work to find solutions to sustain the state's quail population. The research program, called Quail Tech for short, is run by Dr. Brad Dabbert, the Burnett Foundation Endowed Professor of Quail Ecology in the Davis College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources at the university. 
We started in 2010 with kind of a broad program spread across the whole rolling plains. And we had a system where we were working with a bunch of different ranches to look at kind of a broad overview of quail management and what we could do to try to improve things and did counts on those ranches and those kind of things for several years. Now we're kind of going into phase two where we're really focusing on trying to answer some specific questions about how we can improve quail population growth. The program recently received a major donation from Dallas native Chuck Rybolin. He's a really passionate individual about quail and and quail hunting and bird dogs and also youth being involved in, in quail hunting. And his favorite saying is he wants to see birds on the ground. That's kind of what we're about. We're a data-driven research program where we're trying to look at the current problems and what's going on, what tools we can use to try to affect those problems, and then looking at the end data, what are the changes in survival and population density that we actually can take a look at at the end. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was an up-and-down day of trading in the cattle futures market on Tuesday, but the cotton and grain markets headed lower. We'll check out all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas AgriStress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? Well, it is okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farm lifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was an up and down trade in the live cattle market on Tuesday. We ended up closing with the nearby contracts lower, deferreds finished higher. June live cattle down five cents. Finishing the day at 132.72, the August down 22 at 132.75, while October live cattle were up 25 cents, 138.62. A big drop in the corn market helped to boost feeder cattle prices higher on Tuesday. May feeders up a dollar five, 154.50. August feeders up 252, 168.15, while September was up 277, 171.07. Cash fed cattle market 
market all quiet on Tuesday. That followed some sales early in the week on Monday. Monday, we had sales out of Kansas at 137 to 138. However, things settled down and were quiet again on Tuesday. Looks like feedlots are asking 140 and better this week. Boxed beef prices higher on Tuesday. Choice up 64 cents. 264.92, 264.92, select up 191 at 246.14. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear Hop Singh ringing that bell, he's going to serve us a quick colach and a cup of coffee while we talk to Rodney Butler from Beeville Livestock about the sale that he had this last Friday down there in Bee County, Beeville, Texas. Rodney, how'd that thing turn out? Uh, we had 568 head of cattle and 14 sheep and goats. Your 200, 300 pounds steers, $1.66 to $2. Heifers, $1.41 to $1.68. Your 300, 400 pounds steers, $1.60 to $1.90. Heifers, $1.40 to $1.62. 400, 500 pounds steers, $1.47 to $1.66. Heifers, $1.38 to $1.63. Your 500, 600 pounds steers, $1.41 to $1.53. Heifers, $1.36 to $1.55. 600, 700 pounds steers, $1.43 to $1.50. Heifers, $1.16 to $1.30. And 700 800 pound steers were $1.31 to $1.41 and heifers were $1.10 to $1.21. We had right at 100 pack of cows and a handful of bulls and cows brought anywhere from 29 cents on your low killing cows to 84. Slaughter bulls brought from 45 to $1.12. Young stalker cows had a few of them. They brought anywhere from 86 to 97 with some bred cows dollaring out around that 960. And our pairs Friday brought anywhere from 775 to nine and a quarter, sir. Good. Now, what are we anticipating for this week? Memorial weekend, yes, yeah, sir. Memorial. We will have this. We will have a sale Friday. Uh, we're not taking off. Uh, we didn't get any rain last night, so we're still praying for that rain to come. And uh, we'll have a sale Friday. I know of a few cattle coming in already that I know of coming because people have been calling one over having a sale. And yes, we will have a sale Friday, sir. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yeah, you can reach me there at Sailborn at 361-358-1727 or you can call me on my mobile, 645-5002. Neighbor, thanks for listening to me, Larry Marble, and Rodney Butler from BBL Livestock here at Granny Marble's Kitchen Table and Walking the Pins. We see you Monday through Friday. So that means we'll probably see you tomorrow. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close lower on Tuesday. June hogs dropped a dollar thirty-five, one oh nine oh two. July hogs down a dollar eighty, one oh nine oh five. Class three milk was lower. May milk down two cents, twenty-five oh seven a hundred weight. June milk down thirty-one at twenty-four sixteen a hundred. The cotton market closed lower on thoughts that the market is overbought and in need of a correction. Also, the rain that we've been having this week in Texas keeping a lid on cotton prices. We close with July cotton down 121 points, 141.54. October cotton down 210 at 130.51. December cotton dropped 220, closing the day at 123.78. The corn market closed sharply lower, mainly on the fact that Midwest corn farmers are making better than expected planting progress. That news pushed the market lower with July down 14 and a half, 771 and three quarters. September corn down 13 and three quarters, 741. December corn dropped 13 and three quarters, 725 and a quarter. And a drop in the wheat market on Tuesday. July Kansas City wheat was down 38 and three quarters, 1237 and three quarters. 
July Chicago wheat down 35 and a quarter, 11.54 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas was up a penny, 8.76. July crude oil down 16 at 110.13 a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 183 points at 31,696. The Nasdaq down 362 at 11,172, while the S&P was down 64, 3,909. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.